I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Alright, in three, two, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined for the first time on Fan Pulse Friday, Mike Frailer. What you got for me, Mike? Hey, man, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to, to talk to you today. Um, I listen to you guys all the time, so I'm uh, pretty pumped to be here. Mike is a great guest to have on Fan Pulse Friday. He is uh, He takes the pulse of the fans, but he also takes the pulse of Mavs players that had been on the Mavs for a very short time, a long time ago. And so he's talked to tons of different, you know, Mavericks and, and former Mavericks that even have played what one game, some of them, some, some of them. Yeah. Some of them just maybe even just a training camp, but or some just <laughs> one counts. game, some just one season. Yeah. Or just a few seasons or maybe. Yeah. So it's just, it's been a lot of fun, but I've also, you know, somehow got Josh Howard on the show last year. So that was a lot of fun too. Hey, yeah. So the, the podcast is forgotten Maverick. If you haven't go on you know iTunes and I'm sure other places you can go find it forgotten Maverick, go subscribe to it. Go listen to the, go, you can go back and listen to these podcasts. Like unlike <laughs> locked on Mavs, these are, um, you're kind of timeless, right? Cause you're going back and you're looking at somebody's, you know, past. And so you can go back and listen to them all. Uh, I'm looking here. Daryl Armstrong, who's the assistant head coach right now. Um, Jeff Skin Wade is on here. He wasn't a Maverick, but that counts. No, uh, Mike had, James. Oh, the the great Mike James. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> episode. I I think I maybe got in two words during the entire hour of this, but uh, it was it was still fun <laughs> at the same time. Samaki Walker. I actually have a poster with Samaki Walker on it, but from the uh, the Lakers three P. Oh yeah, <laughs> Josh Powell. Josh Powell. Uh, oh, I remember the Tim Donaghy one. I remember listening to that one. Yeah, that was that was about a year ago too. That recently got uh, overtaken um, by the Martin Mursep episode for most plays. So Donaghy is now in second place. <laughs> oh well, yeah, he he needs to be in <laughs> not in first place in a lot of things. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah, there's a bunch of good podcasts on there. Go check it out. Go listen through all of them. And uh, yeah, so but we brought you on today to take the pulse of the fan. It is a it's a nice time to be a Mavericks fan right now. Is that when was the the last time you felt this encouraged by a Mavericks team? Ooh, that is a was good. Twenty eleven was it the Vince Carter shot in the playoffs? What was the last time? Um, well, speaking of that Vince Carter shot, I was actually in the building for that, and that's the only NBA playoff game I've ever been to in my life. So, well, you need to go to more playoff games. I do. <laughs> but I'm also kind of disappointed that that won't happen again. It's like anything will be a step down after that probably. But um, the last time I was this excited, uh, 2014, you know, when that happened was uh, a great year. But also the very beginning of the next year, I would say, was a lot of fun. The 2014-2015 uh, the Mavs pre-Rondo, um, you know, mm, that, that yeah. team was just that great offense machine with uh, Tyson and Brandon Wright and Jameer Nelson at the point. I really like that team. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they probably still would have been out in the first round, but I'd, I I would have rather seen what that team could do versus uh, everything that happened with the Rondo trade. But we don't have to go into that. <laughs> we don't. That is not something we want to get <laughs> no. into unless one. OK. Rondo is ultimately hated by everybody he's he's like everyone every mavericks fan hates rondo agreed 
Would you ever have Rondo on a Forgotten Mavericks podcast? <laughs> I absolutely is he is he too big? Is he is his name too too big for to be forgotten? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think at some point it would be cool to have him to have him on, and you know, like I would definitely reach out to him. I would be shocked if he responded because you know all everything I ever try is through <laughs> like Twitter, or Instagram DMs, and just praying that someone gets back yeah, to me. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it'd be cool. Uh, I also don't know you know, like what he would say. It just sounds, I know him and Carlisle were button heads. So I don't know. I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Um, I think it would make for potentially a, an interesting listen, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. <laughs> so it would be, it, you would be open to it. Oh, though. That was, that was my, yeah, yeah. Question. I'd be, I'd be, be open, open to it. it. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to talk to uh, anybody. So it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, even me, I bet you could get a lot of, hate listens for that <laughs> just people just people hitting oh i gotta hear yeah. this and just, just that would be in their car just yelling at things like that, that <laughs> his back your back was not yeah. hurt <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that back thing that was oh god that was just awful uh, it was just a messed up situation i was actually one of the, my first mavericks games i went to was um the game against the Raptors where Rondo and Carlisle first got mm. into it. I think it was in February. It was during the regular season and they first got into it. And I remember Rondo left and he completely walked out of the oh, arena wow. and I was freaking out. And I was looking at my wife and we were in the three hundreds and on the, the baseline, the North baseline, I think. And just, I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he just left. Rondo just left. And my wife was going, where is he going? Uh, yeah, Why did that- he leave? <laughs> Why is he not on the bench anymore? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. It was wild, and then it just got worse from there, didn't it? <laughs> it it did. Um, you know, sometimes I I like to post uh, on on the Forgotten Mavs Instagram just some like highlights of former Mavs. And one thing I actually uh, do want to post is when Rondo went back to Boston as a Mav, or I think early on in his tenure here, he just like lit up the Celtics in the first quarter. I want to say he made like four threes to begin the game. It was just like the most random thing ever, but it did happen. So I do want to post those highlights because I remember actually being excited at that game. And then, you know, everything just went the exact opposite. <laughs> oh man. And then Derek Fisher, probably another one that, Oh God, that's definitely yeah. a forgotten map. That's like an actual forgotten map. It, he really is. I think he was here for like nine games maybe or something. Uh, yeah, that was just, then he like faked an injury and said he wanted to be with his family and went to the Thunder later that season. It was so wild. Uh, I feel like there there was a several year window there where like anything the Mavs tried just did not work out at all. Um, but hopefully those days are over. So so far they seem to be this season. Well, they tried <laughs> one big thing and it is definitely working out and it is working out really well. Uh, let's take a quick break and when we come back. Let's get let's get uh, the fan pulse on where they how we feel about Luka Doncic right now. All right, so Luka Doncic hype is probably at an all time high right now. Even before the draft, even before you know, uh, even after they drafted him, even right before the season, even preseason, all that. It doesn't compare to where it is right now. It seems it seems like the national media is on board. You have Bill Simmons saying that we should just call Luca Luca from you know he's first name basis now. We don't have to call him anything else besides that. We have people going back on takes, people people recanting all of their bad takes about Luca. I saw a whole bunch of, and I retweeted some bad takes about Luca today. <laughs> and there's just all these people are backtracking, and it seems like 
Luca has now become one of these players that has an overall 100% approval rating. Am I right about that? Because it's these players like Anthony Davis and Giannis, and they, they start becoming, and Kevin Durant when he was younger, and LeBron when he was younger. They just have this 100% approval rating. And eventually it turns on them. We don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> eventually people will turn on these, these players. They turned on KD. They've turned on LeBron. But anyway, if he gets to that point where he's one of the best two or three players in the game, then it'll eventually happen. But it's it's happened way faster than I expected. Did you expect the approval rating or the the play of Luka Doncic to be this good this fast? I definitely uh, did not. Um, you know, I, obviously when that when everything happened draft night, that was very exciting. Um, I was excited to see what was going to happen, and I figured he'd have some bright moments and um, maybe more like inconsistency than bright moments. But he's been at least from what I've seen, just very, very consistent. Um, and just has such like a, like his basketball IQ just seems to be off the charts for somebody his age. And it's been, it's been really exciting to watch. Um, I've been just, I think I can speak for everyone. I've been pleasantly surprised with how good he's been through 19 games. I mean, I definitely did not expect that. So uh, kind of like what we were saying earlier, this is probably the most excited Mavs fans have been in at least four years, probably longer. It's so wild. I did not expect him to be a 20-point-per-game scorer right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, Isaac and I, before the season, were asking, who do you think is going to lead the Mavs in scoring? And Jeff Skinwade kept saying, oh, Dennis is going to lead the team in scoring. Isaac was saying, you know, Dennis could do it. And he was also saying Harrison Barnes and, you know, that they're – you know, other. I guess that's kind of your only options, right, at that point. And I was like, man, if I had more guts, I would say Luca's going to lead this team in scoring, and I didn't go with it, and I went with Harrison Barnes instead. And man, he he just he's already the best player on the Mavericks. It's wild how quick that this has happened. It's it's insane how good he is as a rookie, like he said at nineteen. Is I tweeted this last night. Luca is doing things that Dirk never dreamed of when he was a rookie. Oh, how wild yeah. is that? That coming into the like coming into the league, you know the best player in franchise. He's already like at a step <laughs> above where the best player in franchise history was, and like he can he's he has, only going to yeah, go up from I mean, here, right? It's it's insane. That's a good frame of reference because I mean, I think I think I read today that that you know when Dirk before he came over here, the team that he was on is actually like no longer even like in the same professional ranking or even considered like a professional team anymore. Yeah, so like obviously their yeah, experience they prior to the NBA has been different since Luca was playing in, you know, what everyone seems to consider uh, the best or second best league in the, in the world and playing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah get it right, Mike. It's, it's the just, second best it's league in the world. <laughs> how how he's adjusted already? I mean, it's not even the end of um, November yet, and he's you know the best player on a team that's currently. <laughs> in in the playoff picture like that i never would have imagined that and i i can't um, like i think you know from what you read about dirk at during his his rookie year you know he was just trying to adjust to the physicality of the game and the speed of the game and was like debating about whether he even wanted to stay here and even told don nelson you know i want to go home yeah. um so you know and now lucas just says like you know nothing nothing scares him he was ready for this and he i think I think he's Lucas probably like the least surprised out of anybody. I, I would imagine that he's uh he's like, Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. this is what I came here to do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. This is me. This is it. I'm just, I'm here. I play basketball. <laughs> well, that's what. Uh, and uh, of course, <laughs> which he answer he's he answers every question with of course. No matter what you say, no matter what you say to him, every interview I've ever heard of him, they'll say, you know, did you yeah. enjoy playing? <laughs> I against, hope he gets to know, that. Uh, oh, of that course, Clay you know, Thompson level. I think well, last year in the playoffs, someone the asked Clay well, Thompson, like, do you think you were born for this? And Clay's like, well, I don't know. And he's like, actually, you know, I was born for this. So I hope I hope Luca gets to that level because it would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or eventually, he will be interviewed too about scaffolding in New York. <laughs> oh man! So Luca versus versus Dirk as far as rookies, it's wild to see where they're starting. But yeah, Dirk Dirk had to make a huge adjustment because he was honestly changing the game. <laughs> He's becoming this player that you know we've never seen before, and, and Luca seems to have shades of. Lots of players, you know, a lot of people say manage nobly, you know, James Harden is mentioned a lot. Um, he has shades of all these players. He's just, he's embodying it in a different way. Whereas Dirk came in and like literally changed the game. So I think part of, you know, how we're con- you know, comparing Luca and, and Dirk as rookies, Dirk was, had a, a bigger hill to, to climb <laughs> for sure. And, uh, and less, less like, I don't know, inborn talent, if I could say that. If I can say like like less born with talent, Luca just kind of it seems like he walks out of bed and he can drop twenty on you. Whereas Dirk had that maniacal work work ethic and he just had to work at every single thing and make his jump shot absolutely perfect. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, we've had the benefit of having Dirk for you know twenty one years, so obviously we know a lot more about him. But I'd be curious to know, um, you know, you, you hear how how much of a role and how much of an impact Holger has had on Dirk. I wonder if there's somebody in Luca's life that, you know, that has been his, uh, or if, if he's had like an, any Holger like trainers or anything yeah, like, like that. Like a just, sensei. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Just, you know, um, cause I think, you know, you read about Holger's unconventional training techniques that, and such a, a huge impact it had on Dirk. I wonder if, if Lucas had anything like that or, or if, like you said, he literally just rolls out of bed and just, dominates everybody which would i mean i kind of hope that's the case all right we're back i know none of you heard this but this is the third time we're attempting this we had some technical <laughs> difficulties it's been uh it's been quite a mess but we've talked about luca we've talked all about luca and now i kind of want to look at the front office because there had been some there had been some frustration with donnie nelson in the front office you know we never get draft picks we never get for, you know big free agents from mavs fans they have this you know doom and gloom kind of mentality and now you got Luca. Now you got a guy. Is Donnie Nelson's job completely safe now? Does he just have complete autonomy for the rest of time because of getting, <laughs> you know, now Turk and Luca? Well, uh, I mean, it's only been twenty games, but I think he, it's enough you know, time. Mike bought himself a lot of time um, with this. Um, I mean, with this pick, and I think just Mavs fans were so excited that. You know, they went for it and that they made something happen and that they, you know, they weren't hesitant and just didn't stick with a top five pick, which, you know, still would have been exciting because, you know, they went and they, uh, they got their guy kind of like what you said, maybe in uh, attempt number one, when we tried to talk about this. So it's just, uh, it's been, I, it, it's been really great and really exciting. I definitely think that Nelson has, uh, you know, put the beginnings of something really special here together over the last couple years or especially this past draft. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I think it's uh, made things really, really great, and it's uh, an exciting time to be a Mavs fan again. 
It is. Hey, you have anything to record your own audio with? Um, I'm right now. I'm just on my phone. Oh, that's true. Dang it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll 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 push through it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, it, it it seems like it seems now Donnie Nelson has is just he's cemented. There's no. I mean, not like he was going anywhere anyway. But this move, this is a big move, and I. I think it was Mark Cuban that brought up the idea of that Cuban kind of, he was like, he asked him, you know, how, how much would you put on the table for, you know, to, to go up and draft Luca? Is this, you know, how big of a, a move is this? How, how badly should we want to do this? And he kind of did the two balls on the table kind of thing. <laughs> and he talked about <laughs> the idea of putting both of them on the table and it was such a big move and it's paid off. I think it's paid off so well, like magnificently. If you look at, I mean, some of the yeah, other some of the other options some of the other options that they could have you know gotten it's amazing that they got the guy from this draft absolutely it's been a, a fun 19 or 20 games so far and uh you know he hasn't disappointed um that uh first quarter versus the rockets last night and or even just the first half ending on a half court shot on like it was just so much fun and it's just it's it. There hasn't been a lot to be excited about in recent years, and uh, hopefully that this is just kind of like what we were, um, or what we what we mentioned earlier, just that maybe something really great is in the works again, kind of like when they when they drafted Dirk twenty years ago. What do you think about you know Dirk not playing right now? How does it feel as a Mavs fan with Dirk not being out there? He's on the bench. We've seen him around, so he's still he's still a figure, but it's not like he's completely gone. But how does it feel with Dirk not being out there for you? It's a little, it's a little weird and eerie at the same time. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I've been a, a Mavs fan since like '95 when I was uh, eight years old, and <laughs> Dirk. Uh, you know, the the last time that that Dirk wasn't on the Mavs, I was in fifth grade, and now I'm uh, 32 with a kid on the way. So it and. You know, given the fact that also Dirk, you know, for the most part has been so healthy playing 70 plus games for the vast majority of his career. It's weird not seeing him out there. Um, there haven't been very many times where we've gone long stretches without him seeing without him seeing any court time. Um, I know that happened uh, a couple of years ago and then another time, I think maybe around 2012. But for the most part, he's been so durable and, you know, just a mainstay in Dallas. So I guess it's giving us a little preview of what it's going to be like. But uh, I still, uh, you know, I, I want to see him back on the court as soon as possible. Um, I want some trailing threes. I want some great oh, moments at the great. the uh, at the American Airlines Center. And if he just, you know, just has some cool moments every now and then, whether it's just like one more dunk or uh, a clutch shot, even though he doesn't really play that many clutch minutes anymore, just if, if he can make some some lasting memories in his final year, or final two years, maybe I don't know how long it's going to be. Um, he deserves a proper send off and you know him riding the bench and uh in street clothes uh isn't isn't the way he should go out no no not the way to go out there's going to be some games though there's going to be some clutch moments there's going to be some clutch games at the end and uh man it's going to be great to see that that first trailing three from luca to, to dirk is just going to be it's going to be great. it's going to be special yeah it's going to blow the roof off the place <laughs> uh let's let's transition so. over to to Dennis, this is Dennis has been a big topic 
He was the focal point of the season last year. The Mavs were terrible for a whole season. They ended up getting, you know, Dennis with the ninth pick. And he seemed like he was going to be the future. It was, you know, at first it was Harrison Barnes the future, you know, short-term future. And then now, okay, now we have this rookie point guard. We can actually put our hope behind. He's the most athletic point guard the Mavs have ever had. And you start looking at how he can, you know, play and how what he's going to develop into. And now it just seems like everybody's moved on completely from, from him almost. Uh, what do you think? What's your thoughts about Dennis right now? What do you think Mavs fans' feelings and thoughts about Dennis are right now? Um, as far as what the Mavs fans are feeling based on what, uh, you know, I see on, on Twitter or other forms of social media, it seems pretty split. Um, some want him to stay and some are, are ready to move on. And I'm definitely not in that, in that camp. I, I, I want Dennis here. You know, he's a very, uh, athletic playmaker who's really, you know, he just turned 21 like last week or earlier this week. Um, you know, he's extremely young and, um, has, is learning to adjust to a new situation. He's been, uh, I'm guessing the primary ball handler his entire life. And, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, there's just been, I, I don't understand why people are so quick to, to, uh, to jump on like, or to move, move away from him. You know, that Boston game, Luca was a point guard and played great. And, you know, and there was a lot of, Oh, you know, we don't need Dennis anymore. And I, I don't agree with that at all. And you can look at what he did last night versus Houston. Um, he had, you know, he, he didn't score a lot, but he didn't need to because everyone was scoring. But, you know, he had 10 points and um, five assists and five rebounds, I believe, and four steals and a great block. And, uh, you know, he just he was making great plays and was just play, you know, had a well, like I said, that one block. But then he also had another play where he kind of knocked the ball away and tight rope the sideline and to keep the ball alive. And yeah. it was just an all effort play. So, um, you know, I, I want him here. Um you know, maybe if he could play off the ball a little more, that might be something worth exploring. But I'm not ready to move on from him. I mean, six weeks ago, the tagline of the Maz was, you know, like, welcome the future. Um, so <laughs> the future like, of one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, give it a little bit of time. And, you know, I think uh, if 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 you would have told uh, me that the Maz would be in the pay- playoff picture right now, I don't already like I want to have believe that um but they need a little more time you know they're playing well over the last couple of weeks like uh you know i, I want to see what happens with this you know there hasn't been a lot to be excited about the last couple of years so you know let it let it develop it's still uh still you know 19 games together for those two and they'll figure it out um i think i was listening to uh, numbers on the board and you know, Skin Wade made a great point where he, you know, he was like, look what happened when LeBron, Wade, and Bosch got together. You know, they didn't, things did not click at all right away. Um, I think they were like 500 through their first close to 20 games. So, you know, that's a, a really great point. Like those guys is, were already established. That is established. quite the comparison. <laughs> I mean, those were like, those guys were like established superstars and they didn't even figure it out right away. So these guys are, the oldest one of them is tw- newly 21 years old. So just let them, let them figure it out. No, we have, we need we need results no, now, yeah. Mike. We need that. We need to see them play amazing together now. I need the Luca to Dennis Lob, and I need the Dennis to Luca Lobs to work out. I don't want Dennis to be a guest on my podcast. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. I don't want that. <laughs> wow, we've done this three times now, and this is the first time he's made that joke, and that was that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> it just it just came to mind. So, <laughs> so it is interesting with Dennis and. He's been the primary ball handler his whole life, and now he's moving to the secondary playmaking role. 
And there's some promise. I'm working on a video right now. Can Dennis and Luca, you know, coexist together? And there's definitely some promise. There's some awesome plays that I've seen where they having two ball handlers, having two guys that can make plays like that really helps your offense and can really be, you know, it can open up a lot of things for you. You have, you have it's what we've been saying all summer and all season is Dennis is the north and south guy. He's going to drive you up and down. Luca is kind of the east and west guy where he's going to, you know, go from three point line to three point line and you know drive and and kick and then and Dennis's catch and shoot numbers have been really good. They were pretty good last yeah. year. They've been really good this year. Dennis is still shooting, you know, plus 40 plus percent from three this year, which is a development I did not expect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not expect him to shoot this well <laughs> this early right now. And um I I think there there's a role for Dennis. I think that focusing more on defense, the the defensive stuff that we've seen from him in the first half of the the Warriors game, the first half of the game the other night against the Rockets. I think those are the things that we need Dennis to see to help complement Luca. Cuz now it's not about how can we maximize Dennis, it's how can Dennis maximize Luca. <laughs> you know, it's it's really <laughs> changed and transitioned from, you know, focusing all your attention to on one player to now this guy has to work around this better guy. <laughs> it's it's odd how that kind of works in your, you know, drafting and putting a team together yeah no it does and uh it, it is and another thing is i was just kind of like what you're saying just how quickly the focus has shifted to luca i mean granted like he deserves a lot of the uh accolades he's gotten already and the uh the attention and the praise but you know like i i think once they get things going like i think they could be pretty special and, and um you know, and if if Luca becomes the primary ball handler, kind of like what I was saying, and if Dennis can learn to play off the ball a little bit, like you know, that might be a role he thrives in. Um, so it'll be, I'm I'm excited to see what happens, and I I I don't want the Mavs to move on from him. Uh, I want I want them to to let this develop. Oh yeah, yeah, keep trying it. And another problem is, you know, we talked about this yesterday, but you know. This it's not necessarily working right now, and the Mavericks are winning. <laughs> the Mavericks are are above five hundred. <laughs> They're in the eighth seed right now, and man, how much, how much can you miss out on? I guess, or how much can you you try this, yeah, you know, and experiment with this, and still be winning? Is the is the bench going to continue to win the Mavs games forever? Uh, the bench is wild, man. I, it's so crazy how good this Mavs bench is. You just put two. You know, veteran ball handling, you know, guards with Carlisle and some springy, you know, interesting <laughs> bigs and and anyone else, insert player X, anybody, you know, could have been Doug McDermott from last year, could have been uh, Yogi Ferrell from last year, could have been, you know, now Dorian Finney-Smith, West sometimes, Brunson sometimes, mm-hmm. just put anybody in <laughs> that fifth spot and he's going to make something happen. It's, it's wild how these bench units have come about. Yeah, it really is, and I think that just speaks a, a lot about about Carlisle. I mean, when the Mavs were struggling earlier this year, um, you know, th- you, I think there was a lot of on that that I know you guys cited sometimes that Mavs Nation Facebook group where people wanted him gone, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, just kind of like what we're saying, just like give it some time, and now all of a sudden, like he's a wizard again. It's like okay, like two yeah. weeks ago, no one thought that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, uh, but what he's able to do and how he's able to maximize players. I mean. He's 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 gotten a lot out of players that have come here, um, and they've just they've thrived in their role. Whether that was Brandon Bass, 
10 years ago or Brandon Wright or McDermott or Seth Curry, you know, guys that, you know, more Brandons, bring really in more Brandons. <laughs> yeah, we need more Brandons. Yeah, I actually miss Brandon Wright a lot. I know. Brandon uh, Wright was great. Isn't, isn't yeah. Dwight Powell kind of like the Brandon Wright, you know, like the next version of him with less rim protection? Oh, guys. man. Uh, I mean, the closest thing we have, but like, and, I, and, I, and Dwight does a lot of good things, but I just, I loved, uh, Wright's and uh Devin Harris's chemistry and you know if like if Wright got like 50% from the field that was like a bad game for him <laughs> <laughs> so because he uh, he was like I think that last year pre-Rondo he was shooting like 74% from the field before he was traded it was insane <laughs> that's wild <laughs> yeah. and he would never shoot threes like like Dwight Powell tries to do. yeah 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 oh, so gosh. but then I don't know but I, I I do love the uh the I think it was last year. I don't know if I've seen it much this year. The Dwight and the Powell hit in the face counter that you had going. It hasn't happened um, as much this year. I have <laughs> I have kept it up. Uh, I haven't been as diligent with it in watching Dwight's face every possession. But he 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 has been hit in the face several times this year, but it's not as often. He's just it's just not happening. I'm I'm upset maybe, about. Maybe it. Maybe that'll change. I love the Dwight Powell hit in the face count because literally, like, I was I've been watching games and I I was like, man. Dwight Powell gets hit in the face a lot. He's always holding his face. He's always clenching his face for some reason. He's getting poked in the eye for some reason. He just gets down and dirty. And, you know, his face always just he takes the brunt of it, literally. And so I decided to start counting it. I think we got to – what did I get to last year? Did I get to 40 last year? It was high. I remember there was a lot of those icons you had going. <laughs> Every other game he was getting hit in the face. <laughs> Yeah, that's the. I mean, you gotta when things are rough, you gotta have something to to keep you keep your hold your attention. So that was a good one. That was what I did last year. I also tried the um, the Dennis Smith Jr. is Dennis playing Twitter handle where I document like every single time Dennis got back in the game, I would say Dennis is playing and just just tweet it. <laughs> I don't it. think I ever even saw that. That's and funny. Uh, I tried that for for a good twenty games or so, and then uh, it, the the season just got so bad. I was like, okay. Well. <laughs> Yeah. I have other, yeah, I have other yeah, things to sense. do. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, we appreciate you coming back on the podcast for the third time, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> let everybody know how they can find you. <laughs> sure. So you can keep up with the uh, the Forgotten Maverick podcast, uh, mainly on Twitter or Instagram. Both of them are at Forgotten Mavs. And you can listen to episodes on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And then if you go to the to the podcast page of DallasSportsFanatic.com, you can find a lot of the previous episodes there as well. There you go. Go listen to it. Go back and listen to old episodes. It's good stuff. Mike, thanks so much. Sure, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.